1: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
2: So we played a little bit of the Andrew Barry here. I actually did have a question relating to Andrew Barry, and and I was just listening over the last couple days, listening because we've just hammered Kevin Stefanski. I mean, just obliterated Kevin. Right? You, I think I heard JP yesterday. uh, By the way, welcome back, JP. I think I heard him talk about uh, Kevin's ego, which, by the way, I don't disagree with. But, like, hammered him on the ego. Hammered on his need for play calling. I called him a control freak yesterday. We've wondered whether he should have been fired this year. That was a royal we, not you and I. We've questioned literally every single thing about Kevin Stefanski outside of, is Kevin Kevin Stefanski too good-looking to be a head coach? To be a good head coach in the NFL. And Andrew Barry's kind of gotten a pass. Do you agree with that? He's gotten a pass? Yes. How so? I didn't, I, to the amount of people calling for Kevin Stefanski's job and the amount of people calling for Andrew Barry's job, Mm -hmm. there's a gross disparity between those two things. Gross. I mean, we're talking 10 to 1.
3: Uh, I mean, I don't know that he's gotten a pass. I think he's certainly not in the firing line. I mean, he didn't have to fire anybody in his front office. No, I'm, I'm, my point is, he's not—he's not in front of the firing squad. Like he's not okay, yeah. getting the heat that Stefanski's getting, and some of the other players are, and the coaches got. He's kind of behind the scenes. Hell, I think that um, you know Paul De Podesta has got an even bigger pass than, oh, than he's anybody. Got the,
2: he's got the ultimate. He's got the hall pass. Yes, there's nothing he does that is wrong. Ever. He doesn't get held accountable for anything wrong that happens. Is he a master manipulator? <laughs> he's because just a great magician. He's Copperfield. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that decision you didn't like. Oh, remember that was, I. you know who he is? He's the guy in the office who will take credit for the thing that works out. This is Paul Podessa. And then when it doesn't work out, he's like, Tim, wasn't that, wasn't that your idea, Tim? But I think, I do think Andrew's gotten a hall pass. And by the way, I think he should get less criticism than Kevin should get. But I think we should also ignore, like, there are two real worrisome things that people mention when it comes to Andrew Barry. And it's his drafting, and it's his work in free agency. And I think he has been so much more worse in free agency than he has in the draft. But I think the thing that concerns me long-term about Andrew is whether he can draft elite players. So he's been much worse to me in free agency. But, I th- I, but that should never be the way you build your team. That should only accentuate your roster. If Andrew Barry can't start finding frontline players, and I'm talking one to two a year like Baltimore seems to do every single year, right. if you're just going to find good average NFL players... The Browns will never be anything more than an 8 and 9 9 and 8 team no matter who their quarterback is. Or, or you know what? I shouldn't say that. The Browns will never be the true Super Bowl contender that we want them to be now that they've made this trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh
3: yeah, I mean that's that's totally accurate to say. I mean they've got to be able to hit on players both the draft and the free agency process. Um to this I think it's actually harder sometimes to to hit in, in the free agency process because you know, you could have a player come in, he's sort of productive, but he's overpaid and mm-hmm. it doesn't pan out. I mean, a lot of these free agents don't pan out because these guys are, they're veterans and they, they're getting paid based off of, you know, they're a proven commodity. But also, there's also, like, reasons why the teams let them walk.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny. I feel like the biggest mistake, and this is not a Browns thing, the biggest mistake... The teams make in free agency. One, they use it too much. Two, they don't view players as they actually are. You know who I think is, honest to God, the best team in the NFL in utilizing free agency and even trades? It's New England. And Bill Belichick, every year, brings in flawed, sometimes one-dimensional players. And then he builds them up. They play really well. They do the one thing that he needs them to do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. other NFL teams go, oh, well, I now have a starting defensive end. He's done it with Jamie Collins about four times. Kyle Van Oy is another guy. And what I think Belichick's really good at is just recognizing, oh, this is a one-dimensional player. We should use him in the one way he's good. I think the Browns could use a lot more of that. I... I And I don't mean like, oh, this is why the Browns are bad at it, but I think it's why most teams are bad. The players you get in free agency can fix some of your ills. They're probably not going to fit all of your ills. Otherwise, they'd be franchise-tagged or never get to the market. Mm -hmm. So for you, I've said I think they're worse in free agency, but the draft is the bigger concern long-term. They've drafted good players. I don't see maybe MJ Emerson will break through. Maybe JOK will have that kind of year. As of right now, I don't see any Core, core players, guys like on the level of Miles Garrett, on the level of Nick Chubb, on the level of Deshaun Watson. What's the bigger concern with Andrew Barry going forward? And specific to maybe this offseason, the draft or
3: free agency? Uh, I think it's going to be a combination of both because the the Browns don't have a first-round pick, and I think they're going to have to kind of use the draft picks they have, the assets that they, they do have, certainly pick number was it 42 in the second round, mm-hmm. could end up turning into more, more picks or could end up turning into a player. Um, so I, I can't definitively say one or the other, Nick, because I think it's going to be a combination of both, especially this year in particular, because they don't have those first-round picks.
2: Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. For Andrew Barry this offseason, what's the bigger question mark that you have of his ability to improve the team? Is it the draft or is it in free agency? One question mark with the Browns is obviously the salary cap. And Andrew Barry, uh, on the record today, went on talking about um, Deshaun Watson's contract and, and the possibility of restructuring. I don't know that it's necessarily a, uh, a benefit because even that can change based on uh, your yearly strategy. You know, that's, that's, that's not to suggest that that's not a contract that could get touched at some point in the next several years. So I wouldn't say that that, that in and of itself drives anything. I think it's going to be the primary driver this offseason. How much they take from – because re, in reality, you could take, what, $54 million cap hit, and you could turn that into, like, nil. You could you could wipe away most of that money by converting it into a signing bonus, which is what people do. Now the problem is you start tacking dead money on the back end, right? And at some point that will hurt. But like, I think the difference between the Browns taking ten million dollars of his contract and fifty million is probably two really really good players in the NFL. And I don't know what the right answer is. I, I don't like. I don't think they're in the worst spot in the NFL salary cap wise, but I think. The decisions you make today might help you get better this year, and they might cost you a a chance in the back end to have a competitive roster out on the field three years from now. And I think that's the catch-22 the Browns are in. Let's go with Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Chris? Doing the best. Thanks, Bob.
4: All right. Happy
2: Random Tuesday. Random Tuesday to you, too.
4: So there's two reasons why I think Adam Barry, at least this year, gets a pass over Kevin Stefanski. He supplied the talent. Mm -hmm. Okay? Joe Woods didn't know how to handle Jadavian Clowney. Okay? I mean, for whatever reason, however you want to look at it, it was Woods' job to keep Jadavian Clowney in line and be a good player. That didn't happen. Number two, Kevin Stefanski was given such a great, offensive weapons, his lack of using Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield over the last two and a half, three years astounds, amazes, and disappoints me. There is so much that he could have done with those two, and it never happened. And that's not Barry's fault. He, he brought in Hunt and gave us the opportunity. To me, that's where Kevin Stefanski mismanaged that situation.
2: It's interesting. I mean, I think most people would agree with Chris. Chris, thanks for the call. Also, just side note. Andrew Barry. And I actually think it, uh, Andrew Berry's twin that just got hired by the Eagles in their front office, it's actually Aaron Barry. I don't think there's an Adam Berry out there. But I do think right now, Kevin Stefanski, I think he's the fans fall guy. I don't... I. It's not that I don't think there are people out there who think Andrew Barry's done a fantastic job or that there aren't people out there that want him fired. It's not that. It's that Kevin Stefanski, obviously more public-facing, and I think Kevin Stefanski, as an offensive coach with the offense that bleeped the bed this year in the final six games of the year, recency bias, I think that's swaying our thoughts on him. And by the way, I don't disagree with anything that he said about um, about not knowing what we have in the players because Joe Woods wasn't a very good head coach in the last six games offensively. What can you do if Deshaun wasn't able to play? I, I or wasn't able to play well enough. I I agree with a lot about what caller Chris had to
3: say. How about you? I think he had a lot of good points. Um It's there's just there's just so many questions mm-hmm. right now and and uncertainty, and, and we're just kind of in this phase where You know, we're not quite to free agency yet. We're not quite to the draft. And it kind of stinks because the Combine's usually, like, really exciting for the Browns to kind of watch these players and get an idea of, like, who they could go after.
2: Uh, Are you going to
3: dookie all over the Combine now? You love the Combine. Um, Well, the Combine's starting today, right? I mean, people are there. They're talking. Like, the players are going to... I don't know. I mean, it's not as exciting as it's been in, in years past. It's going to take some time here to kind of ramp things up and see how this roster kind of unfolds. Yeah, it's interesting
2: you say that cuz I mean, I think I think for a lot of people the off season it's not that the off season won't be exciting. It's that until the Browns make a move that get Brown get gets Browns fans excited I I don't I think I don't think you're going to see the excitement because, like, right now we would be talking about, what is it, the 12th or 13th pick in the NFL draft? Yeah. Yes. I even think if you just had a late first-round pick, like the year we had Greg, uh, Greg Newsom second was drafted, as long as you have a first-round pick, there is an extra buzz about the offseason, I'd still rather have the guy who might be your franchise quarterback on the roster. I, I, think, I think that's what we should be buzzing on, is Deshaun... And the fact that you do have an organization, I do. Does, can Kevin Stefanski be a good head coach? Do not know. Can Andrew Berry uh, utilize free agency, draft, and trades well enough to get this team turned around next year? Not two years from now. Not three. I don't know. I really don't. Hell, even the conversation <laughs> about Deshaun Watson. Can Deshaun Watson be a franchise quarterback? I'm pretty certain he can, but I don't know. But I think, I think we have the thing. That is the thing everybody wants. You have a chance at being a franchise quarterback. I'll be honest with you. I don't know Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. I love watching the guy play, but I don't know he's a true franchise quarterback yet. And I think his attitude might be a real problem. But in Arizona right now, 90% of their Mm offseason is Kyler Murray. It doesn't feel like Browns fans
3: want to talk about Deshaun right now. What situation would you rather be in? A team that had, like, would you rather be the Chicago Bears right now? Hell no. And that's exciting because you can get. I mean, you got a quarterback who people think can be pretty good. Mm
4: -hmm. And you also
3: have the number one pick, which people want. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they're going to move it, which means Mm -hmm. they're going to get more picks. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, you'd rather be. I think a lot of people would rather be in the uncertainty role of like a team like Chicago. 216-578-0092.
2: Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. 578 I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. With Andrew Barry, what do, you, what do you think is more important to the Browns' success this offseason? Free agency or the draft? The VP of Officiating and Rules Innovations for the XFL. You also know him as a Fox Sports NFL and NCAA rules analyst. The great Dean Blandino joins us right now. Dean, welcome to the show. Thanks for
5: having me, guys.
2: Well, it's great to have you here. Uh congrats on the early success and acclaim that the XFL rules uh, have kind of have gotten the league itself. Did you did you realize when when you guys were kind of implementing these rules that you would kind of become the de facto star or one of the de facto stars of the the XFL 3.0? Well, I
5: never when when you're in in officiating as a profession, you never think you're going to become a star or if you if you are a star it's for the wrong reasons, but we, we knew that, that the rules were going to be a big part of this and the access and some of the innovations. And, and, uh, and it's really played out that way, which has been great to see the rules that we have in place. You know, impact games, whether it's week one with St. Louis, you know, with a big comeback and fourth and 15 and the three-point try. And that goes back to 2020 and, and the, the rules that we had put in uh, for XFL 2.0. And it's really just continued. And we're really excited about it going forward.
2: So with that, I'm I'm just fascinated about how the decision making, you know, kind of became here. How much of this was was you, or you know, maybe your pool of officials? How much of this was was ownership uh, in terms of you know just kind of piecing all together the, the the rules you wanted to try this year?
5: Yeah, I think it was a combination, and that was what was great. It was a collaborative process where we talked to players, coaches, ownership. We got a lot of feedback from a lot of different people. And we felt like we had a really good foundation from what we did in twenty twenty. And we knew that there were maybe some opportunities for some tweaks and changing maybe some of the timing rules with going to the college two minute you know, the last two minutes with the first down, or adding the fourth and fifteen onside kick alternative, going to the command center for all replays. We really felt like that was going to be a positive and 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 everybody was on board but we we allowed all, all of our groups and all of our different stakeholders to provide input and feedback and it was it was a really good collaborative process
3: is there one rule in particular that you that you love or is your favorite rule and you think could maybe make its way to the nfl
5: you know i i i really love the transparency i love that our fans and anyone watching the game can listen in to our replay process, mm-hmm. see the, the, what we're doing. Uh, because I spent a long time at the NFL, and it's very difficult to convince people if they don't agree with a call. It's very difficult to convince them why after the fact. And, and when they can see it actually happening, they may not always agree, but they have a better understanding, and I think it gives them just a better overall feeling about officiating. So I, I really like that part of it. And and I think the NFL maybe not complete transparency, but I think the NFL could do some things where they could be more transparent and it would just help the fans understand the process that's taking place.
2: Like what are some of those things you think the NFL could do?
5: Well I think they could they could be more proactive as it as it pertains to officiating and officiating decisions where immediately, maybe not not in the game, but immediately after the game, explain what happened. I know they try to do that. They've got a Twitter account. But a lot of those, there's not a lot of explanation there. It seems like more just kind of kind of copy and paste type type stuff. Whereas if you could come in and say, here's what happened, here's why. um, And and when necessary, admit, hey, you know what, we missed this one and we're going to we're going to fix it and we're going to correct it going forward. I think that lends itself to, to greater credibility rather than just saying, you know, either saying nothing or just defending every call every time. I think sometimes people just tune you out when you do that.
2: Dean Blandino, the VP of officiating and rules innovation for the XFL. Of course, he's also Fox Sports, NFL, and NCAA rules analyst. He's joining us now in the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. So. There's a bunch of innovations, a bunch of rule changes, officiating decisions we have seen. Is there one that you really wanted or really thought was a cool idea that you didn't get to implement this year?
5: You know, there was a lot of really interesting ideas that we discussed. One of one of the ideas we discussed, we took looked at the CFL, and the CFL, it's interesting, at the end of a quarter, end of the half, they always end on a play. There's never a situation where the offense runs out of time. And we've seen that, whether it's college or NFL, when the offense is out of timeouts. So they always end on a play. And we looked at that, looked at a bunch of CFL tape, discussed it with our coaches, ultimately decided we didn't want to implement it. But that was just an interesting concept that I wonder – you know, maybe down the road we could revisit. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of other ideas in terms of with with punt returns and going back to that that halo rule where you got to give the punt returner um, that whether it's five yards or whatever the number may be, but we ultimately felt – that uh, with the rules in place on the punt, with the kicking team not being able to go downfield more than a yard till the ball is kicked, that was going to give the returner more room to uh, to get some big returns. So we like where we are, but there's always room for, for other ideas and, and and thinking outside the box, which is great because we can implement those for year two and beyond.
3: Do you think that the kickoff is, is phasing itself out of our game, or do you think it's going to evolve, similar to the way the XFL has?
5: I think it has to evolve because if it doesn't, then it's going to be gone. And I think this is a conversation that, that goes back. I, I I remember having these conversations 10, 15 years ago when I was at the NFL with the competition committee. And if the kick return continues to have a higher rate of injury, which it has in the past, then you're going to, you're going to see the competition committee either do one of two things. They either have to change the play drastically or they just have to get rid of it. I would hate to see the return go out of the game. I like what we did with the XFL rule. It keeps the return in the game. Um, it's different. It's different than, than any other level of football. But when we're returning over 90% of our kicks and we don't have the long-distance run with the high-speed collisions that you, you will see in other, in other kickoffs, um, I think that's something the NFL should look at.
2: Dean Blandino on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I know we've you know, had a lot of conversations about you know the XFL side of this, but uh, Roger Goodell said, re, uh, "What was it? Super Bowl week that NFL officiating has never
5: been better." Do you agree with that statement? Um, well, I think I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I, I think officials today are are more prepared. They have access to more video. They have access to more training materials. Think about virtual training, Zooms, everything that we're doing today. I think officials are more prepared than they were, say, 25, 30 years ago. But I think the scrutiny and the pressure that they're under is is greater. When you think about social media and everyone having a platform, the technology continues to improve where they are officiating the game with their two eyes from their one angle, and they're looking at it at full speed. And then we get to evaluate and critique them Based on six or seven different angles and super slow motion and things like that, so I think I think it's harder today to officiate. I think they're better um, prepared; they have more access, like I said. But I just think the environment that they they're in continues to become more difficult, and I think that's something that the league has to continue to look at.
2: Dean, what needs to happen? for the NFL. And maybe maybe I don't know if this is an NFL problem, I don't know if it's a NFL officiating problem, but what has to happen for the NFL to get the highest quality of officiating possible?
5: Well, they have to put the resources in. And and that means putting resources into officiating leadership and making sure you have the best people and making sure that they they have the the tools in place and 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 the ability to to put a program together that is going to teach and train and educate and, and, and improve the on-field officials, putting the resources behind the, the on-field group and and scouting and getting out and seeing the, the officials all over the country, the college officials that they pull from and getting the best people and then having, and having an opportunity to get your officials together, whether it's in the off season during the week and, and go through more training and go through more teaching. So I think, again, the league has a lot of resources. Um, it's it's not a it's not a, 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 a you know a, a budget where you can just spend whatever you want. But they do have a lot of resources, and you need to put those resources into officiating. Because look, coaches affect games, players affect games, and officials affect games. And we want to have the best in the world in all three. And that's something the league just has to continue to look at.
2: Dean Blandino on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You know, uh, you mentioned the idea of transparency in the NFL and how much that would help. I, I can admit, Dean, I can be a little skeptical because it does feel like it points, whether it's the NFL protecting the officials, whether it's you know officials not wanting to embarrass each other by overturning calls, I can get a little cynical about that kind of stuff. So do you sure. think NFL officials themselves would be happy with more transparency?
5: I think I think eventually they would. I think it was just like replay. When we brought replay back in, in nineteen ninety nine, there was some trepidation on the part of the officials, worried about oh, they're gonna they're just gonna be looking over my shoulder and they're gonna be correcting me. And ultimately when they realized, no, this is gonna be an opportunity for us to get it right on the big game changing plays, because nobody wants those plays to be incorrect and affect the outcome of the game. And I think they realized that replay was was a positive and I think they would if done properly and done in a, in a way where the officials aren't put in a bad light, um, I think it would be a positive because there are people, there's, you know, this, the, whole, the whole, what, what was the, the thing the NFL scripted, right? And that was a big thing. And, and the conspiracy theory and being cynical. And I get it. I get it from a fan perspective, 100%. And I think anytime you can pull that layer back and let people see, I think you, you reduce some of that, that kind of cynicism.
2: Dean, if the NFL was scripted and I made you the script writer, what's what's the first uh, what's the first thing you write up?
5: Um, that that every game would be decided by a great officiating call. I mean, <laughs> just a, a tremendous call. The officials all all over it, and the officials become the heroes. But that's never going to happen. And I can say this: I was if the NFL is scripted, you would think the head of officiating would be in those rooms, right? You know. <laughs> being a part of it. They never invited me in that room. Just saying.
4: All
2: right. That's exactly what I'd expect you to say. If you were (laughs) in on the ruse, um, is sky judge the fix to, um, is, is it the fix for, uh, you know, issues that we might have with the current challenge and replay system?
5: I think it's part of it. I do worry sometimes that we are, we are using replay more as a crutch and we're not, if, if, If we come out, if the league comes out and say, hey, we corrected 300 officiating mistakes on the field without challenges and we were able to give that information in real time um, and they use that as a positive, I tend to look at that and say, well, we made 300 mistakes on the field. Are we working to get those plays right initially or are we just saying we're going to utilize replay to kind of, you know, as a band-aid on some of the issues that we have on the field? So I think it's a balance of making sure you have the best officials, training, coaching them up, giving them good direction, and then and then using replay if it's a sky judge to correct the big stuff. And I don't think anyone wants to watch a game where every third play, somebody from upstairs is buzzing down and, and, and making a correction or just delaying the game while they think about making a correction. I don't think that's a game anybody wants to watch, but if we can use it in a limited fashion on the big plays, I think that's a positive.
2: Dean, it's great to talk with you. We really appreciate your time, and uh, I've 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 not watched every game in the XFL so far, but of what I've seen, the rules changes, the the innovations, it's a lot of fun. Uh, keep up the good work. We appreciate it. Thanks, appreciate you guys. Dean Blandino, the VP of officiating and rules innovation for the XFL, also NFL and NCAA rules analyst for Fox Sports. There, I thought, you know, he he took a couple couple stabs at talking about transparency. I I love
3: that part, by the way.
2: Yeah, My favorite thing was when I asked him, well, do you think NFL officials would actually be okay with this? He said, eventually. And I thought that was a really honest answer because I think it would be easy to say yes or it'd be easy to say no. And I think like most other changes, like NFL officials didn't want
3: replay. Now, I think they realize it makes their job easier. I I think it definitely does make their job easier. And I think from, if I'm an official or if I'm head of officiating, I don't want to have to deal with the backlash after games, after blown calls. Like when you watch the XFL, they take you inside the control room. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to see Dean Blandino or whoever it is. It's usually him. I believe that is giving the information down to the field. You hear their communication back and forth. You see it. And I, I, I agree with what he said, that even if fans don't agree with the call, at least they sort of understand how they got to the call, as opposed to just, you know, like typically we're watching the review, we watch the replays, just like everyone sees on TV, just like the announcers see. Mm-hmm. And then we're all speculating, right? We're like, okay, this looks like a fumble and it, you know, it should come back, but I can't tell if that, you know, forearms down or that, you know, you can't always know exactly what they're talking about and i think that that would give some context to things and also people would would be less likely to be like man how do they how do they even come up with this
2: i also think it just makes sense in the age of of gambling doesn't transparency help the credibility
3: of your league i think that's accurate
2: like well, listen we're never going to really understand we're never going to the the one bit of transparency we're never going to hear from the sidelines the way the xfl does which i thought was really cool like where you know, guys are midway through an interview and you hear coaches in the background say, oh, bleep, we got to do this because they just overturned this or they this isn't a touchdown, we got to go back out there and play. You're never going to get that kind of transparency from the NFL. They're too paranoid. They yeah. are.
3: Yeah. And
2: And honestly, I don't think you need it from the gambling perspective. But when it comes down to like how many times, I mean, good God, Gambling's been legal for, is its is it 60 full days? It's not even 60 full days yet. And how many times have people been like, that's ah, rigged, it's fixed. And it's usually because of things we don't get actual transparency on. I actually think, like, I think the, and I kind of joked we're never going to get that kind of transparency on the sidelines. I think the Cleveland Browns should pay attention to the transparency of the XFL.
3: Why, why so? Because I, Browns, I think mean. they
2: do a, poor job of of being transparent to their fans and I and I think they double speak and corporate speak and PR speak and I think they talk themselves into circles Mm -hmm. and it makes them seem either hypocritical disingenuous or altogether full of crap and I think I think they would save themselves so much criticism but what they're trying to do is they're trying to avoid criticism and by Talking in circles, they they only ensure themselves more. If you just, just told people really what was up. Yeah, exactly. It's not that hard. The one thing John Dorsey did well, you didn't have to like every movie made. John Dorsey was about as transparent as you possibly could be. You don't need to yeah. say. Buddy you, boy. Buddy boy. You don't need to there's tell us. There's a Tito in there, too. There's a lot of Tito yeah. in there. I don't have a good John Dorsey. God. I else miss John Dorsey a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like Andrew Berry. I was I was cool with the hire. I still am cool with Andrew Berry. But there's just something about John Dorsey I just really liked. Not that anyone in the organization might agree with that given the way things went. <clears throat> uh What do you think you'd like to see most from the XFL to the NFL or is it that transparency?
3: Um That would be a start, I think. Mhm. I think that would be a good start. I think the sky sky judge would be uh an also good start for the NFL. Uh I think there's some rule changes that they certainly could implement that could make things better. Um I, I agree with him on the kickoff thing. I think that the kickoff kickoffs need to sort of be changed a little bit because the way we're headed with injuries and things like that. Like it's just not a safe play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's an exciting part of the game. And I think the fourth and fifteen is interesting too. I think I think Sky Judge slash
2: transparency because that's ki- I kind of lump them in together. I don't. I think listen. I don't think NFL offic- any officiating is ever a uh, refereeing is ever going to be hundred percent. It's not because people will get things wrong. You're going to bring in robots. We're going to disagree with the robots, guys. Yeah. We're going to be pissed at robot umps. All right. The reality is, it's sports.
3: It's objective, and that uh, it, the whole point is we don't agree on it. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, but here's the thing with the like the robot ump's for baseball. If it's universally accepted, then you can't really argue it, you know, we're sitting here watching tennis in the studio, and they they use the Hawkeye in uh, in tennis, and players just go, okay, well, must have been in. Oh, I guarantee you we'll argue about it when it's. No, I don't uh, think so. Oh, I, what are you gonna be able to argue? Whether it's whether it was actually right or not. Yeah, you really can't because it is right. If it's accepted as it right, then it's right. I think you're giving a lot of credit to people. I, I think no, I, I, I think in the people, era, people are different than the managers and players. Like I think the player that's all that I care about is like the, the players accept it. Do the managers go? Okay, well it must have been a strike. Can't Ooh, argue I, it. There's another one. I don't know because because again, like
2: there is the we all agree it's probably right, and then there is how things are enforced. There is well was it on this side of the line was it in this set like calls and strikes like i don't know I, I well and i think the thing that's complicating is for robot arms specifically is you're still talking about people competing and and struggling with if you're a batter you're a great hitter if you if you fail 70% of the time um there are three things i'd like to see in the nfl officiating wise one i'd love just completely eliminate kickoffs punt returns too Find a better way to do it. It's they've completely. It, it the second you see a kickoff, or sorry, the second you see a, a punt return, you just get head for the seats because there's going to be a timeout. You have time, and it's an it's a nonsensical play. Very rarely, the Super Bowl. Hey, we finally got a punt return that mattered. You get maybe, what is it? If there's ten games going on, fifteen games going on, on a Sunday, maybe you get two good punt returns.
3: Same thing with kickoff. Yeah, but pun- punting still is is one of the most important plays in the game in terms of flipping the field. You've got to have it in the game. All right, so that
2: might be fair, but kickoffs get them out. Everybody gets the ball to 25. I'm sorry. Uh, the kickoffs, they're so unwatchable. They're just they just waste time. And then at the end of the game, <clears> if a team scores with 4 seconds left and kickoff, oh, the thing that you've completely negated is now a team's only chance to win. I'd rather that team with 4 seconds get uh, with their quarterback on the you know on the twenty five, I'd rather them get a chance to to go ahead and drive seventy five yards to score a touchdown. That's one. Give me sky judge and transparency and overtime. Overtime still is god awful in the NFL. Well, it's not football.
3: It's it's completely different than what we've seen for the previous sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not you're cutting down the time to what ten minutes, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's really not a fair way to determine the game. You want to you want to determine the game, then just play football. I think play fi- play a full quarter, or I if mean in overtime. The, the NBA is talking about it, but it's it's whatever. I don't know if it's going to pass or not. But like they 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 you play five minutes mm-hmm. in the NBA.
2: Oh, you're talking about the thing yesterday? Yeah, where about it the was score, like
3: the the target the target score. score yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I just think it's as simple as do what they do in college. I think. I think point teams, conversions? No, I think teams at, I think teams should get the ball at the at their uh the opposing team's twenty five. I think you should just go back and forth. And if the first team scores and no field goals, I don't want a game to end on a field goal in overtime. Touchdowns are bust. You get four downs to, to to score. If you score, the other team, all right, now you get four downs to score. All right, if they score, all right, then we're gonna go back and you just keep going until somebody doesn't score. That's what I think is the perfect overtime. the The way that, uh, honestly, the Ohio State Miami uh, overtime rules played out it's the best national college. Sorry, it's the best ending to a national title game in college football I've ever seen. You know why? Because the overtime rules were amazing, and you're also going to cut down on hits and all the things that you know. Uh, player wear and tear because you're not going to make them drive
3: 75 yards down the field to get a touchdown. Boom. Well, it's that simple. Got to find a way to, to make games interesting to the final whistle. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I honestly like I think the dumbest play in football is the kneel down. Hate it. Needs- it's not football. Yep. Not football. I mean, if you want to get rid of the tush push because Peter King says it's not. It's it's uh, what, what did he say? You sent me the link. I don't remember. But he definitely said something. He's definitely anti- Bastardizing the rule or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the kneel down is not a football play. Yep. I think they should
2: remove anything that gets in the way of quarterback takes the ball, quarterback has to decide to hand the <laughs> ball off or throw the ball. Anything, defense has to play defense. Anything that gets in the way of that is no longer interesting to me in 2023
3: i'm telling you under two minutes if you have a negative yardage play the clock should stop oh i don't hate that either i think we just fixed football well i mean it's been forever i i've always said this because the x the xfl the uh arena football league it's so exciting because you have to get positive yards the final two minutes or the clock will stop you can't take a knee.